Hey, good morning, Hillside. Thank you so much for joining us for Church Online today. Uh, my name's Paul. If I've not met you before, I hope sometime soon I can meet you in person um, on Sunday at 9.30 or 11 a.m. in person. Well, listen, this year we are going to be providing some shortened services online. You'll hopefully have enjoyed uh, a worship song by an incredible uh, ministry, Hillsong Worship, and hopefully your spirits were encouraged and lifted up. Um, today, I'm going to be sharing in just a couple moments as we kick off uh, a new series here um, for the next several weeks. But before I do that, I want to let you know a couple ways you can participate with us and uh, what is happening here in and through uh, the life of Hillside Church. And the first is um, for us to connect with you. I would love it. I know you're online. You're not in person. I would love it if you would fill out our online connection card, hillsidechurch.us forward slash connect. It's very simple. Uh, you can let us uh, know, obviously, that you're watching service today, but also maybe some questions or some points of interest you may have, as well as you can let us know how we could be praying with you, how we can be trusting God um, for any need or circumstance you're journeying through. Um, not only the connection card, also want to remind you that anywhere, anytime you can give to what God is doing in and through Hillside, we're self-sustainable, uh, made possible by your generous giving. So whether you're giving your tithe, you've got that set up in your life, the discipline of the tithe, that first fruits, that top 10% of your income, or whether you're giving through regular giving or as a one-time offering, I want to let you know it's all very simple and easy and safe, hillsidechurch.us forward slash give can get you all the details on that. Well, today, happy new year. I know we're several days into the new year, but I didn't get to tell you that last Sunday. I want to be sure to tell you that this Sunday. I love the new year. I love the fresh start. I love the sense of uh, something old passing and stepping into something new. And um, sometimes I can't even wrap my arms around all that that means or the significance of what that is. But I do know this, that we serve a God who gives us a fresh start, who gives us a clean slate, who knows what we need and promises to meet us in the midst of that. And so I know those truths are the same for your life. And so maybe there's uh, not some things you're running from. I don't want you running from nothing, okay? Um, but maybe there are just some things you needed to leave behind last year. And here's the deal, that you could embrace or step into all that God has for you in 2023. I just know there's such a special, significant touch on this year. We also begin our 21 days of prayer and fasting today, and it's not too late to jump in and join us for that. You're always welcome to as well attend Sunday evenings during those 21 days from 6 to 7 p.m. right here at the church. We've got a special time of prayer that we have, so love to invite you out for that. Well, Enough of all the formalities, all right? Today, I've got a, just a short few moments that I want to um, share with you um, from our new series, Genesis. Um, today, in particular, we're going to be looking at Genesis chapter 1 and 2. Genesis is the first book in your Bible. It is an origin story, all right? It is uh, a historical story. It is a story for the Hebrew people. God's chosen people, the Israelites, man, God's holy nation, that the scriptures, in fact, Genesis shares with us that God would call these people out in the life of Abraham, right, to 
not only be blessed, but be a blessing to the entire world, to every nation. And as human history has played out, we've seen that to be true. Isn't it incredible? Well, Genesis is where we're going to be the next several weeks as a church family. My plan my, my, in my mind is to take six weeks and work through some of the major themes and some of the major structure uh, that we find in Genesis. So Genesis 1 and 2, very simple title for today's message, In the Beginning. In the Beginning. I want to talk about this origin story. Genesis 1 and 2, they are two separate accounts of the same story that Genesis 1-1 says, five words, in the beginning, God created. Significant words. In the beginning, God created. It's an invitation to every one of us into a God-saturated earth. Not a random planet spinning in the midst of other planets, though we know that to be true, but a specific planet set apart by God to be saturated with his presence, to be a humanity that is created in his image, and to live with a purpose that has been orchestrated and designed from him. I love where Genesis brings our mind. It brings us not into a haphazard, chaotic culture, though it may feel that way at times. Genesis invites us to see the world in a different lens. A world that has been beloved of God, created by God, masterfully designed for its inhabitants and its creation. And a world that is set apart and I believe has significant purpose for the history of, yes, our planet, but the universe. Remarkable when we get into Genesis, what we find. And so I want to leave or share with us four thoughts. I call these four invitations we get from Genesis. The first is, believe you were created by God's love and passion. I want you to think about that. That we have an opportunity in the book of Genesis to see things new. To have a perspective that is different than perhaps our family of origin. That is different than perhaps what other people have spoken over our lives. That is different, quite frankly, than Ancestry.com. It is for us to not only trace our DNA, but it is for us to go back and look at the entirety of human history and to see and notice that it wasn't haphazardly started, but it was intentionally begun. And God invites us to believe that not only were the six days of creation and the seventh day of rest vitally important back then, but that God <clears throat> has never stopped with his intentionality. In fact, you were created by God's love and passion. You know, Genesis 1, 27, it says this, that God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. That's astoundingly radical theology. <laughs> Did you know that? 
Do you know that atheists have a different understanding of you? Agnostics, they're confused in their understanding of you. But for those who are Christ followers, we get to look into the Old Testament and see woven throughout that entire story, but especially in Genesis, a world that was created intentionally and on purpose. That none of our fingerprints are the same. All of our DNA is different. And yet, we're all connected by this truth that we were created. We didn't make ourselves. We were masterfully designed by God. And so you were created by God's love and passion. That's my first invitation. Believe that you were created by God's love and passion. Secondly, believe you're created in the image of God. Believe you were created in the image of Almighty God. It's tempting for us to have an American worldview and to forget the Genesis worldview that we've been given. American worldview, if we're not careful, it's to look to the left, it's to look to the right, it's to feel like, do we measure up in the eyes of others? Genesis invites us to settle down, to calm our souls, to remind ourselves we're the beloved of God, and we're created in His image. Next week, we're going to talk about Genesis 3, of how the image bearers wanted to do things their own way or in their own strength. And I found that sometimes many pastors, many Christians love to focus on Genesis 3, the fall, the, 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 the start of the sin cycle, so to speak. That they lose sight of Genesis 1 and 2, where God at the end of each day, looks at creation and says, it is good. I believe before the fall, we have the call. And that is the call to live and move and function as image bearers of Almighty God. You know, in the life of our daughters, um, it doesn't take people too long here at church or otherwise to see that they belong with Kelly and I. They'll look at a picture of Lily or Emma, and they'll see Kelly or myself, and they're like, ah, they must be their children. They must be their family. You know, with me, uh, people have told me that I have a tendency to favor um, my father, right? I'm an image bearer. I'm a different person, different personality, different thoughts, different wirings. But how many of you know there's there's a familiarity? Can I tell you the same is true? For you and for me with God. That as people see us, there's a familiarity that they were created in the image of God. Isn't it a beautiful thing for you to think about that? We so often lead with our faults, right? We so often lead with uh, where we don't measure up. Whether that be in our physical body or whether it be in our personality. And we begin to place a value that isn't of God. I like to say around our home, you don't have permission to call yourself anything that God hasn't called you. And I want to tell you the same thing. You don't have permission to put a label on yourself. Because here's the deal. We know the label maker. We know the creator God. And he says, you were created in his image. It's a beautiful invitation. We get that right in the beginning of Genesis. Third, believe you were created for vision and mission in life. Think about that. 
vision and mission in life. In Genesis, <coughs> excuse me, in Genesis 1.28, it says this, Then God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth, subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. I love that. That we are created for mission and vision. Right? We're not all called to be scientists or biologists or zookeepers or zoologists, you know, as it appears Adam and Eve may have had. But don't get caught up in the minutiae of the specifics. Understand the narrative is still the same for our lives. That God has called for us to be stewards of ourselves and of the locale, the region that He has given us in our relationships. Or to live with mission and vision and purpose and intentionality. You know, one point in Genesis 2, in the creation account, it says that God brought all the animals in front of Adam so he could name them. It's a mystical, <clears throat> dare I say, magical moment in the Genesis account. It's a beautiful picture, but it also speaks deeply to our DNA as humans that no other species, no other animal is like us. We've been uniquely called to speak life, to speak destiny, to speak identity over others. Key piece of our mission and vision for life is to live with the Genesis worldview, the Genesis perspective. That man, we're not an accident, we're not haphazard, but the working of our hands is vital for the kingdom of God, and for the people of God here on earth. <clears throat> so those are three biggies. I mean, this isn't simple, easygoing stuff, you know, some gentle reminders. These are revolutionary truths. That you believe you're created by God's love and passion. That you believe you're created in the image of God. And then that you believe you're created for vision and mission in life. I mean, it is in stark contrast to nihilism or defeatism or I don't matterism, right? It breathes hope, it breathes life, and it breathes purpose into our destiny. And here's what I'm going to do in service right now. I'm also going to be speaking to all of the people joining us in person. And I'm going to tell them those three truths that Genesis invites us into there's one last truth that we can't escape. And it's to believe every person, not just ourselves, but every person was created with the same supernatural intentionality as you. One of the things that's helped my prayer life and my life in general is to know that I'm not the only image bearer of God here on earth. All of humanity bears his image and has a sense of worth and value. And part of my role as a Christ follower is to see the value that He has placed on them. Even my critics. Even my enemies. Even the people that rub me the wrong way. God invites me and reminds me to see them as an important piece in the kingdom and in humanity.
that I would have the same value. And so my prayer, my encouragement for you is first that you would get this down in your spirit. And then as you are settled in your identity, you can step into releasing that identity into the lives of those around you. God bless you. Have a great, great week. I'm so glad you took a few moments to join us for online church.